Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS. We just had Joe Theismann on Super Bowl seventeen champion, which Pierno wrote in the little notes. He actually wrote the one and the seven instead of the Roman numerals. Thank you very much because it sucks having to go through that, even though Roman numerals do look fantastic. We have five burning questions coming up at 820 Eastern, 520 Pacific, and Sekou Smith going to join us, NBA TV, NBA.com, coming up at 840 Pacific, 840 Eastern, 540 Pacific. Pierno, real quick, before we launch into LeBron here. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, we, we were doing basically a play-by-play of Punxsutawney Phil because it's Groundhog Day. Punxsutawney Phil did not see a shadow. It's going to be an early spring, according to the rodent. Early spring, baby. And I said in Ohio, we have a cheap knockoff. It feels like a cheap no- knockoff. It's another groundhog called Buckeye Chuck. And where which, I'm from, it's Staten Island, yes. New York. We have Staten Island Chuck. So you have a you have a groundhog in Staten Island, and it's it's called Staten Island Chuck. Yes. So they bring him out today, and he he tells you whether or not he saw a shadow. That is what happens, and uh, I have to look up whether or not Staten Island Chuck saw his shadow. How do they bring him out? Does he like come out? Is he the only like groundhog wearing like a white undershirt and like, hey, what you what what you bothering me for here? No answer, Pierno. I was got looking a, up Staten Island Chuck, whether got or not a cig- he saw his shadow. Got a cigar hanging out of his mouth. What you want from me, huh? You want the weather? Staten Island Chuck predicts an early spring. 80% accuracy okay. rate. That's ridiculous. Folks. 80% for Staten all right. Island Chuck. Uh, all right, I'm going to tell you right now. Are these the only three that are there? When did Staten Island Chuck actually hit the air and say that it was an early spring? There's no way three rodents didn't see their shadow. There's not a chance. This particular tweet I'm seeing came at 8.03. So, I mean, I don't know necessarily when he actually came out. But 8.03, this tweet was posted about Staten Island Chuck. As you could have heard in the open of of the open of the hour. I am a fan of professional wrestling history. We are worked into a shoot, America. There's no way. Either either one is copying off the other and then copying off the other one, or they're all in cahoots. There is not a chance in hell that three rodents in three different parts of the country saw their shadow or did not see their shadow. There's not a chance in hell. By the way, you went to AEW, right, this past week? Yeah, in Cleveland. How was it? It was great. It was great. They put on a good show. Like, there's a, there's a couple of things. Like, people are critical of it real quick. I know people didn't tune in for wrestling, but I'll, I'll leave oh, it here. Oh, no, there's a lot of wrestling fans out oh, there, That's boy. true. That's true. I'll say this. I think a lot of people are overly critical. Like, they've been on the air for, what, four months? 
October. Okay, yeah, four months. It, it's going to take a minute, all right? WWE has a 20-plus year head start, 30-year head start. It's going to take a minute to catch up. Like, oh, NXT's way better. They should be way better. The women's division and everything, people are going after the women's division. Yeah, the WWE should have a much better women's division. They have all the really good female wrestlers. Like anything, it takes a minute. Everything has to evolve. So you'll eventually see better wrestlers in that division with with AEW. You'll eventually see that. But it's going to take a minute. At one point, women's wrestling in the in, in WWE was just a yawn match. Let me up. Let me go get some popcorn, some drinks, go to the bathroom, things like that. Now it's headlining WrestleMania. Well, actually, you couldn't do all that because they only lasted like two minutes. Exactly, because they had to hide them from the audience because they were so bad. Because you didn't really have women's true women's division wrestling. Like you had Mae Young and a couple of others. But you didn't have true women's wrestling until like the last decade. And now it's it's become the primetime event. They're major stars. It's going to take a minute for that to happen. And there are things that I think that AEW does that are silly. Absolutely silly. But that's that's part of it. Good old JR hooked you up with the tickets? Uh, uh, well, him and Tony Khan and, uh, and my buddy Raphael. They were fantastic. We were right along the rail. Right along the rail. It, it was like awesome. It. Yeah, really good seats. I got to see Arn Anderson, who's one of my all-time, probably top five favorite wrestlers of all time. I love the Enforcer, uh, so I got to see him, and he they had, uh, you could say it's silly. I love that where he's he's the head coach for Cody Rhodes, and they actually have like the <laughs> sheet, and he covers his mouth up when he has the sheet, so you know the guy actually watches football and pays attention and, and lives the gimmick. I love seeing Chris Jericho. That was fun. He's he's a little bit of a chonky boy, but still he's wonderful. And of course, Jr. is Jr. Jr. is an all time legend, and I love Jr. I got buddies in both. I got buddies in both companies now. And I'm happy about it. I'm not rooting for one to fail. I'm not rooting for AEW to fail. I think that's ridiculous. The more the merrier. And it makes things better and more. It makes things for better competition. Makes things more fun. It was also real quick, Pierno. It's the last time I'm going to go to wrestling without my son. Because I felt bad. Because he goes, I want to go to wrestling too. And I'm like, you never said that before. You're four years old. I'm going to get drunk with my buddies. You go to bed. I did tell him that he doesn't know yet. We're going to see Monster Trucks next month. Or I should say later this month. Tracy says Groundhog Day is propaganda BS. She actually wrote the word. I'm just saying everybody's worked into a shoot. There's not a chance that three rodents saw did, did not see their shadow. And the further west we go, I bet all those rodents aren't going to see their shadow either. 855-2124-CBS. Okay, we got five burning questions coming up in less than 20 minutes. I got to get to this. Because there was a lot of criticism of LeBron, and not for his stirring speech. His speech was great. Uh, the, the the moment they had for Kobe was fantastic. Losing the game, not having a good game. You know, there were a lot of people who went nuts on LeBron. And we'll get back to Super Bowl 54 and everything. Listen, losing Kobe's immeasurable. I don't need to give you my take. You probably already know what it is. It's been a it's been a week. You've probably heard every single take, and I I'm I'm with everybody. It, it's an immeasurable loss. Kobe Bryant stood for a lot of things for these players that where these guys come from probably backgrounds that not a lot of people listening came from. They come from backgrounds where they needed to look up to somebody who might not have been in their family. I'm blessed to have a dad I can look up to. My buddies were blessed to have dads that they can look up to. You know, my wife is blessed to have a mother she can she could emulate and be that way. These players in the NBA, they might not get that opportunity. So the poster on the wall of Kobe Bryant, his game, what he stands for, how he plays, 
that becomes something to emulate. That becomes something that you look up to as your own role model. And yes, there's some ugly stuff in there. I absolutely, I totally understand that. There's some ugly stuff in there, but they become a role model. So it's an immeasurable loss. And for most guys, Kobe was their inspiration. He was also LeBron's inspiration. But I think that's where it ends. People were critical of the performance the other night. The Lakers got a win last night. You know, Kobe was a Laker. And if this is going to be the way it is, Laker fan needs to understand something here. And NBA fans need to understand this. This is the first, and this is our first real trip out into this. Kobe was a Laker. Asked for many trades. Went on Stephen A. Smith's show and demanded a trade once. But when you think of Lakers, it's Walt, Kareem, Jerry, Magic, Kobe. When LeBron's done, and if they win a championship this year, yes, it will be. This was for Kobe. We were we were pushed because of Kobe. Of course. That's the storybook. That's the storyline. And I don't begrudge them for having that feeling. And they probably will feel that way. But if you're to win a championship with this basketball team, you see what's gone on over the last 12 months and really over the last two years. The Lakers, LeBron isn't the Lakers. The Lakers become LeBron. LeBron doesn't fit in and become a Laker. You're not going to add that name to the list. You're not going to say Walt, Kareem, Jerry, Magic, Kobe, LeBron. LeBron is LeBron. You think of great players with great organizations, that organization is synonymous with them. Michael Jordan, I know where he finished his career. You think of Jordan, you think of the Bulls. You think of Pippen, I know where he finished his career, you think of the Bulls. You think of Kobe, it's the Lakers. LeBron is the first guy, when it's all said and done, that it's about LeBron. When you think of LeBron, some people in Miami will think of the Heat. Some people in Cleveland will think of the Cavs. There will be some Lakers fans who think of the Lakers. Because of what this season has done and because of this unbelievable, almost unspeakable tragedy, it will take that turn. But make no mistake about it. The Lakers are becoming a contender again because they've acquiesced to LeBron. It's a conversation we've had so many times, and it involves LeBron and another all-time legend. But what we saw the other day, when LeBron plays for somebody else, when LeBron plays for the memory, when he puts too much pressure on himself, he has a tendency to go the other way. Or we put too much pressure on him because we want the storybook to be that way. We'll still get that chance. But the narrative, even though it will change, is still the same. The Lakers can't play for just a memory. They can't play in honor of another one of the all-time greats. If they go anywhere... It will be because LeBron leads them that way. It was true in Cleveland. It was true in Miami. And if they get anything done this year, ultimately, while he will have very strong emotions about Kobe Bryant throughout the time, it will ultimately be about LeBron. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Let's do it, Pierno. Five burning questions. Five burning questions, Ken. You left off with the NBA in the last segment, so we'll start there. A new, Fine. A new NBA All-Star Game format was unveiled Thursday night, and under the new format, 
The two teams, in this case Team Giannis and Team LeBron, will slug it out to win each of the first three quarters that will be played for 12 minutes, respectively. Mm -hmm. After this, the cumulative score of the leading team will be the basis of the target score in an untimed fourth quarter. And as the NBA honors the late Kobe Bryant, 24 points will be added to the target score before the squads engage in a points race. Ken, is the NBA trying too hard here? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit too hard, huh? I don't I, I came to watch basketball. I didn't came I didn't come to do math, okay? It's a little bit too much. I, I I'm still confused about what you're telling me. And when I read it, it made sense. Now you're confusing me a little bit. So there's gonna be a target score. Okay, so it's almost like the one tournament. Didn't they have like a million dollar tournament where they had target scoring? Where you had to reach a target score? You don't know. Who the hell does? Why Why does anybody care? You don't care. Why are we even doing it? Just have the game and move on. Like, we all accept that the base, baseball's all-star game is probably the best out of, out of the actual stick and ball sports and things like that. I still say NASCAR's all-star race is the best, but people tell me, this car is a sport, so then we get in a big fight about it. I'm not interested in fighting about that. Just play the game. Who cares? I know you don't play defense. Just play the game. I don't know why you need to add all this stuff to it. Honor Kobe, play the game. I don't know why we had to have – you, you don't need to – 24 points adding that to the score isn't some grand gesture. Like, there's everybody's doing little things. It's like, eh, adding 24 points, great. All right, what are you going to do next year? Is it always going to be adding 24 points if you do it next year? Just go out there and play hard for Just Kobe. Just play the damn game. Yeah, go out there and play hard for Kobe. Have a big thing for Kobe before the game. It's the All-Star game. That's what you do. It's there's so much needless stuff that goes on in, in sports, especially around all-star games. I think this is needless. Next. Zion Williams scored 24 points in less than 29 minutes and the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies on Friday night, 139 to 111. In the first matchup this season between the NBA's top two draft picks, Williamson was playing in just his fifth game since completing a three-month rehabilitation from arthroscopic surgery on his right knee. He converted mm. four alley-oop lobs into baskets, three of them on dunks. He also drove the baseline for a twisting two-handed dunk and put back several offensive rebounds. Zion living up to the hype thus far, averaging 19 points and eight rebounds per game while shooting 63% from the field. The Pelicans pulled to four games behind the Grizzlies for the Western Conference's final playoff spot with 33 games remaining, and the Pelicans visit the Rockets today. Ken, You're really giving me the meat and potatoes will here, Will Zion lead the Pelicans to the postseason? No. They're not going to allow them to lead the Pelicans to the postseason. They're still going to be a lottery team. They're not going to allow him to do that. Is he still on a minutes crunch? If he's still on a minutes crunch, then no. And there's also going to be a little bit of more monitoring to make sure that he's okay and healthy because he's their future. He's their entire franchise. So they're going to make sure that he's 100% okay before they really turn him loose and get going there. It's going to be next year I think they'll have a shot. It'll be two more years before they're really getting going because I think this offseason they're going to get one of their nutritionists in. They're going to have to build his body. He's still young. Young guys have a, have a tendency to get supple, tendency to get a little bit flabby. They're saying he's, what, 280, which is unbelievable. He's got to be over 300. So they'll, they'll work him out. He'll get his wind up, and he'll be a monster. He's just got to stay healthy because if he doesn't stay healthy, he tends to be a chunky boy. So they'll work on him. They'll work on his body. 
The best is yet to come. I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he has what it takes to be the next LeBron because we christen that type of thing. The media does that. We hadn't done it for Giannis. We won't do it for James Harden. We certainly wouldn't do it for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard doesn't like talking. We'll do it for Zion Williamson. Duke, good personality, fun-loving guy, already media savvy. As long as he stays upright and all right, doesn't need himself out of the league or gets hurt too much while eating himself out of the league, he's the next LeBron. Next. All right, you brought this up to me during one of the breaks. I'll ask you now. Despite starting just 10 games in 2019, Ryan Tannehill was named the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year on Saturday. Ah. And many on social media expressed their displeasure that Tannehill was chosen for this award over Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo missed most of the 2018 season with the ACL tear. He recovered, then started all 16 games for the Superbound 49ers, putting up some big numbers, nearly 4,000 yards on 69% passing with 27 touchdowns and 13 Uh interceptions. Still, more so than meat and potatoes. Ken, did Jimmy G deserve to win Comeback Player of the Year over Ryan Tannehill? I think yes, but who cares? Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in the Super Bowl today. Does it matter to Jimmy Garoppolo? You think Jimmy Garoppolo gives a bleep about any of that? The guy was on a date with Kiara Mia last year. You think he cares about Comeback Player of the Year? You can go ahead and Google who that is, Pierno. I don't know if you know that. Do you know who that is? An attractive lady. Why do you know who that is? I just assume she's attractive. Oh, is that it? That's a nice cop out for you. I don't watch that stuff. Oh, so you do know who that is, don't you? Because <laughs> I didn't tell you who it was. And you said you she's didn't a, watch she, that she, stuff. She's a porn star, right? I, adult films, please. <laughs> it's entertainment, all right? High class. Who cares? Ryan Tannehill won. Big whoop. He didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. He's probably not going to get to play in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, let him have it. Who really cares? I don't care. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't care. Kiara Mia doesn't care. So, fine. Ryan Tannehill can have it. Even though, yeah, I probably would have picked Jimmy Garoppolo. Next. Friday morning, Browns QB Baker Mayfield. He was a guest on both FS1's First Things First and ESPN's Get Up. You guys always find a way to do this. You guys always find a way. Uh, and I thought you were going to be different. Love you it. you always... love it, but you no, love it. No, so Mayfield no, said this season was a humbling experience that he needs to stop fo- focusing on the noise outside and spend that energy in more productive ways. Mayfield blamed himself for the Browns' 6-10 record where he threw 22 touchdowns and 21 interceptions and lost two fumbles. Are you buying that Mayfield has turned over a new leaf? I certainly hope so. I thought it was a little worrisome when he was responding to radio show hosts. The whole Colin Cowherd thing, if they win games, and I, I said this after the Rex Ryan thing, you beat Rex Ryan, okay, you're, you're, you, well, you beat the Ravens right after the Rex Ryan fiasco, great, you're 2-2, two and two. you still got week five coming up. Rex Ryan doesn't quit his job. You can you can stick it to radio show hosts. You can stick it to TV hosts just by by winning. You don't have to go on their platforms and give them higher ratings and drive up their price by ever acknowledging them. You don't have to acknowledge them. If if I were to take a personal shot at Baker Mayfield, his family, or his wife, or anything like that, I am fair game. He can come after me. He can take a swing at me. But Baker Mayfield shouldn't give a damn about what I say about him on the field, any of his leadership qualities, whether or not I think he can be a good quarterback. He shouldn't give a damn what I say or what any other host says in Cleveland or nationally. He shouldn't care about that type of thing. Because when he went on Colin Cowherd's show and he went after Colin Cowherd, 
if Baker Mayfield goes out and wins a Super Bowl, Colin Coward isn't going to quit his radio show. There's no final score for Colin Cowherd. Skip Bayless has made an unreal living saying wild things and being proven wrong many times. And he still wakes up every day in a beautiful home with a beautiful family and goes and does a TV show with a fun co-host. It doesn't matter to him. You can't keep score with guys who aren't in your game. Worry about guys who are in your game. Worry about the Steelers' defense and T.J. Watt. Worry about how you're going to make your own offensive line better or what your general manager is going to do to make that offensive line better. Worry about reading through your progressions. Worry about the type of offense Kevin Stefanski is going to put you in. That's what you should be concerned with. Not about what dummy radio show host says. Next. Uh, And finally, the 2020 Modern Era class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame has been revealed and includes some very deserving names. Edron James, Isaac Bruce, Steve Hutchinson, Steve Atwater, of course, uh, Troy Palomalu. They were elected on Saturday. There are still some big names who have yet to get the call. Ken, who is the most deserving player that doesn't have a bust in Canton? Clay Matthews. That was too easy. That was too easy. Uh, hopefully he'll get in. I think he's got one more year before this before he becomes one of the senior crews that they vote on, which might make that even more difficult. But uh, Clay Matthews, you know, London Fletcher's a guy who I think deserves the nod. I I don't like the term compiler, and people look at both those guys as compilers, and I think it's the most asinine argument ever. I think when you get a guy who says compiler about a baseball, football, maybe even a basketball player about the Hall of Fame, I think you got a guy who really has his head up his ass about sports. Because if you are playing a a position in the highest level for a long period of time where pro sports are as cutthroat as it gets and they will always try to go younger and cheaper from you later on, if you are still needed by that team in that capacity where you still play well and still play every day, I think it shows just how great of a player you are. And for those two guys, I think it shows how great of a player they were. And I think Clay Matthews should be in the Hall of Fame. Is that it? That's All it. Right. All right, Pierno. That was a good five burning questions. I mean, we got the whole history of Zion Williamson before that question. That was great. That's some. I mean, you turned into Ken Burns there for a moment. We were going to have like an eight-part Zion Williamson question. Coming up next, we got Sekou Smith. And at 9 o'clock Eastern, I'm taking San Francisco to win Super Bowl 54. I'll tell you why. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up next hour. Why the San Francisco 49ers, whether you're a Browns fan, whether you're a Raider fan, whether you're a fan of any one of the teams out there that haven't been a real postseason success for a long time. Why, yes, the San Francisco 49ers, they should be an inspiration to you. Try to run down Sekou Smith coming up here very shortly. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Oh, we do have him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Sekou, I didn't even know. Let's bring him up right now. The great Sekou Smith joins us. NBA.com, NBA TV. He hosts the Hang Time Podcast. How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Hell, I didn't even hear him when they said they had you. So we got a lot to get to. I got a short amount of time. First off, the the situation that's going on in China, I, I obviously the NBA is monitoring it very closely. You have some fallout with Daryl Morey. Uh, then what's going on with the coronavirus? The coronavirus. Where is China to the NBA right now? You know, that's a good question. I think it's uh, one of those things where 
you know, now that everything is quieted down with Daryl Morey and, and all of the fuss that, that happened early in the season, you got your fingers crossed and you're hoping that that relationship can be mended. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of money that was lost, and I don't know how you make it up if, if you're the NBA. So there's going to be a, a whole lot of repairing, you know, of a relationship that has to go on between now and uh, the end of this season. See, I, I didn't realize they invested that much in China, or or the, or the Chinese invested that much in the NBA, is there a bit of a cautionary tale at all to the other two leagues, or I should even yeah, even the NHL three leagues about this? No, not really, because I don't think the other sports translate the way that the NBA does. Basketball is a global game, um, you know, that touches all corners uh, of the planet. You know, whereas there's a very specific audience for, for the other American professional sports that I don't know it, it translates around the world like that. Sekou Smith joining us, NBA.com, NBA TV. Follow him on Twitter at Sekou Smith NBA. Um, all right. Uh, we, we, we've gone over an entire week of Kobe remembrances, Kobe tributes. There's been a lot of hot emotion, and, and a lot of it rightfully so. He meant a lot to basketball fans, and he meant a lot to players in the league. Now that we've had a little bit of time, is there a chance that the league – retires 24 or 8 or both across the league, or is there also a chance that they really do sincerely change the logo to Kobe Bryant? Honestly, I think it's going to be a team-by-team team thing. I'll, I'd be surprised if there's an initiative at the league level to do a whole lot because you got to understand what, he, what Kobe meant to the game You know, for two-plus decades, really, even after he retired is something that goes above and beyond. You know, we're talking about one of the true iconic, you know, sports figures, um, you know, of our, of our lifetime. So do you have to look at maybe what Miami did when Pat Riley retired Michael Jordan's number in Miami? You know, you, you, that's the sort of thing I would expect to see, team-to-team tributes and that sort of thing. The change in the logo, everybody jumped on that right away and thought that was something that should be done or, you know, suggested it. That That's a lot more heavy lifting and a lot more thought has to go into a Ken than just a, a knee-jerk reaction in, in such a short fashion since the tragedy. Does it make any difference that we had Brian Scalabrini on and he said, hey, I've, I've spoken to Jerry West to his face. Jerry West doesn't like being the logo, which I thought was weird. No, I don't think he's ever liked it, honestly. I thought from everything I've read and reading his book and hearing from you know other players who, who played when he was active in the league, as a player, they, it was something that he always, you know, pushed back on. Um, and look, it wouldn't really matter at this stage who the logo was. Who you, know, you could use whoever silhouette you wanted to. Um, the brand is, is the league, you know, and it's not just that individual player. So I don't think it would matter. You could put Kobe's, you know, silhouette as the the image, and I'm sure a lot of people would appreciate it. But in the end, it's, it's the NBA. It's not just about one man. It's about all these guys who have come through the league and, and made names for themselves. I, I thought it was a little bit unfair the other night. I know the Lakers got a win last night, but the other night, you know, LeBron found himself wide open, didn't hit the three, didn't have the best game ever. You know, it's an emotional evening uh, for LeBron and, and obviously for the Lakers. And what I kept seeing, well, and I was hearing it too. This is why he's not a real Laker. This is why he's not a real Laker. And I'm going, I don't know if LeBron, with or without Kobe, I don't know if LeBron ever will be a real Laker. I, I think that the teams that he's been on in the past, and, and even this team, they're a competitive team. When, when they acquiesce to LeBron and really become 
LeBron's team. I think it's different with him than than basically any other player, Siku. Yeah, and, and there's always going to be that pushback about him not being an authentic Laker uh, based on the work he's done in other places. Uh, I, I think it's ridiculously unfair to, you know, to impugn LeBron and his character based on what he's done so far as a Laker. He has, he's only been there a year and a half. We're not talking about a guy who's been there for four or five years. This is a, a case, though, where he was always going to have a problem living up to the legacy that, that Kobe left um, as a player with the Lakers. Talking about five championships, all of the memories that Laker fans have about Kobe and, and how wistful they were from the moment they got him until the, the last night when he mambled out with 60 points in his final game. You're talking about trying to measure up to a legacy that's basically Jordan-esque. And that's tough to do. I don't care if you're LeBron James or who you are. That's a tough thing to do, to, to parachute into someone else's franchise like that and then have to live up to those jerseys hanging in the rafters. Sekou Smith joining us on the show. How would you handle Zion Williamson if you were the New, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans? Um, with a giant float in the Mardi Gras parade. I mean, they got to be losing their minds at just seeing how good he is so far without really – the benefit of training camp and all of the time it normally takes a rookie to get up to speed. He can, he's playing like gangbusters without plays called for him without being in tip top shape. Can you imagine what he could do once he finally gets comfortable and once his body is tuned up to, you know, to the rigors of an NBA season that they should be getting, I mean, I, I would go, I would ride in the, in the parade, in the Mardi Gras parade on the Zion float. If I was a Pelicans, I'd make the whole organization Get out and ride in that float. Well, what are some of the moves, though, David Griffin can do? Because I hate looking at it this way. Don't hang up on me. It's like, all right, seven years in and out. Seven years. So what can we do over the next six years to maximize this value with Zion Williamson as soon as we can? Well, first got to make sure he stays healthy and and stays on the floor. Um, And then you have to start looking at those complementary pieces. He and Brandon Ingram have the potential to be a very – you know, dynamic duo. Uh, I, I kind of think of them the way I think of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in Boston. If you can find two guys at those wing positions that can play at the level they do, it gives you a chance to be a contender, or a true contender in the league. Now you have to find the right pieces to go with them. And I don't know that, that they have the requisite pieces up front, you know, behind them. And I don't know if, if Drew Holiday – is your guy and your lead guy, then you have to commit to him and make sure that you design a program that, that takes advantage of all those guys' talents as a unit. They got to play in concert. You know, you have to have all those guys playing at a high level together if you're talking about winning and winning big in the world. Kyrie got hurt again. Why has he had so much struggle fitting in with an organization, even in the early spots with the Brooklyn Nets? I think mostly because Kyrie is, is so, uh, you know, next level genius in his own mind you know he's, he's battling his own mind sometimes when it comes to just going out there and doing what he does best he's such a fantastic player such an unbelievable talent but i think he gets in his own way a lot of times overthinking things um calculating situations when he shouldn't and just go out there and allow himself to play the game at a high level i think Kyrie will be much better when kevin durant is healthy and in the lineup he takes a lot of that pressure off Kyrie to be the spokesperson and the big shot maker, all of those things will be alleviated when Durant's healthy and back in the mix. But Kyrie knows. I mean, he, unfortunately for him, he knows the narrative that's out there about him, and, and he's internalizing it. 
And and I think that's a dangerous thing when you're a young player and you're talented and you got all this stuff in front of you. And then you have the championship resume that you already have, the big shot resume and, and all. He's got a lot to deal with and try to sort out in the midst of what should be the, the zenith of his career. So he's got to be very careful about not getting into his own head and just allowing himself to play with the freedom and the and the joy that most of these guys try and do when they're out there on the court. Does it rub the players the wrong way like it does with some of the fans, or do we overrate that? I think we overrate it a little bit. Um, you got to remember, all of these guys have supreme confidence in themselves. They wouldn't be in the league if they had, didn't have a healthy dose of self-confidence. Um, so I don't know that they're as concerned with, with what comes out of Kyrie's mouth. I do think it affects the locker room he's in at the time, and that's dangerous. You have to be very careful not to let one guy's personality and, and ego and, uh, you know, the aura around them disturb the collective. You know, you have to have good chemistry in an NBA locker room to win championships or at least to compete for championships. And you can't let Kyrie's outside noise, whether it's self-generated or not, overtake what you're doing in that locker room. How would you change the All-Star game? I wouldn't. <clears throat> I'm a traditionalist. I know a lot of people want to you know, do all the bells and whistles. I know we're in the social media age. I'm I'm old school. I'm an 80s baby. I remember when the All-Star game was just a good, wild pickup game with the best of the best out there putting on a show, and I have no problem with it. I think the, the changes that have been made in, in light of, of recent events are, are very timely and, and make a ton of sense, but I don't know if they're lasting. I don't know if that's something you can do to, to change it for the long term and people vibe with it. I, I, I do think it's not a, a made for TV event like it used to be because of the rise of digital media and social media. Um, so you do have to make some tweaks and adjustments, but, but really a lot of us just want to see the best of the best get out there and show off for a little bit and then get out of there and get back to the grind of the regular season. Well, I think people get real, they fake outrage maybe in the term, but, when we talk about the the NFL, the Pro Bowl, it's like, eh, who cares? And when I saw the NBA, I go, did the NBA All-Star game really need changing? Were people that upset about this quote-unquote lack of defense? Really? I don't I don't think any NBA fans really were in the All-Star game, Seiko. No, the thing that people, I think, still got a little stale was All-Star Saturday night. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know what you could do different, you know, other than add some incentive to the pot for all those competitions. You know, if you put players in a position where they're competing for cash dollars or for bonuses or, you know, I, I know I love the idea of doing, you know, competing for charity. That To me, that makes a ton of sense. Um, but, you know, you have to have something on the line for guys who want to take that extra time because, you know, really this is the only break you have in an NBA regular season is, all, is the all-star break. And if you spend it grinding away all weekend and, you know, trying to win home court advantage or something ridiculous or – whatever the, the tweaks might be, that changes the, the celebratory mood that I think All-Star Weekend has been about for quite some time. Give me one big name that's on the move at the trade deadline. Derrick Rose. Um, and, and I hate I hate it because I'm a Pistons fan from the time I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I, I love what he's done, reinventing himself in a Pistons uniform. But if I'm a contender, if I'm the Lakers, and I see what Derrick Rose has done, and I know I need another, you know, offensive facilitator, instigator, shot maker. I mean, this is a guy who at this stage of his career is such a dynamic player off the dribble, you know, on offense, getting what he wants. He'd be a huge addition 
to any team trying to win a championship and trying to compete for a championship. All right, final one. I lied to you. Who's winning the Super Bowl? You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I, I was arguing with Karan Butler last night on the air um, on NBA TV. We were trying to decide who we thought would be the ideal championship team. I'm, I'm a Tom Brady guy, so since Tommy is out of it, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw in for the 49ers yeah. um, and, and watch the game with absolutely no rooting interest. You picked the understudy. I love it. Sekou, thank you for the time, my friend. All the best. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Sekou Smith, NBA.com, NBA TV. Follow him on Twitter at Sekou Smith, NBA. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I'm picking the 49ers, too, and I'll tell you why. Also, I think that if, if Jed York can do it, and I know who his uncle is, if Jed York can do it, I think it should, it, for whatever sport you're in, but especially football, it should inspire you as that fan. What he said about the All-Star game, I totally agree, though. I don't know why it needed big changes. I don't think it needed big changes. If it's truly Kobe-inspired, I think there's other ways you can, you can admire and remember Kobe. It just seems to be a fruitless proposition. And I really think that if if you're worried about defense, you're probably not the fan they're going for for the All-Star game. 855-2124-CBS. 20 minutes away. The 49ers are going to win the battle. Kansas City's going to win the war. But I'm taking San Francisco to win Super Bowl 54. I'll tell you why. Next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.